Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. We are finishing out week 11, and we're finishing out week 11 by breaking format, which we're going to continue to do for at least the next couple episodes. We're talking about two episodes today. We're talking about Lucifer Season 3, Episode 21, Anything Pierce Can Do, I Can Do Better, as well as Episode 22, uh, All Hands on Decker. And listeners, those of you who've seen Lucifer before knew that I couldn't leave our podcast discussion for the weekend on the end of anything Pierce can do, I can do better. Um, just like, cause honestly, Allison and Noel might not have come back. Uh, and I wouldn't be mad. I don't think Allison would have come back. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, I would have, if only so that I can continue to do my bar cart gag. Yeah. yeah. And Allison is a professional. She's a podcasting professional. Damn it. Yeah. There's that. Um, I will say, though, that, and, and Latoya, I look forward to your thoughts on this. And again, thank you for joining us for this episode. I think it's all up from here, right? There's only two more episodes of season yes. three, uh, of the season three arc, I should say. And I remember very much enjoying the finale. Uh, I don't remember if that is in context of the other stuff that was going on in season three or just in general. I want to say it's in general, but I could be, you know, misremembering. And then the last two standalones are fun. And then season four, if we do it. But like, even if you just watch at home, season four is definitely, for me, an uptick from season three. So I feel like we've hit with that end of anything Pierce can do, I can do better. We hit the nadir and we start coming back up. Um, I feel like normally I would throw it to you, Latoya, but I feel like we have to go to Allison and uh, to, you know, like, how do you feel? How are you doing? <laughs> and how much of that whiskey is left? Chug, well, chug, chug, chug. I was drinking, Don't chug. It's I, whiskey. I not chug. Fine. <laughs> I was drinking beer last night. Um, and I would like to tell you that I did a spit take because uh, it would be great and funny. Um, but I basically sort of slowly saw it coming for so long that I just kind of resigned myself to it. Um, however, I drank half of this cup of coffee specifically so that I could, (laughs) there we go. Um, uh, I think we broke the Caldwells. (laughs) Um, I've been getting texts. We also broke me. I should say, dear listeners, I should say that uh, uh, Latoya and Noel and Kate and I have a little group text, as they call them. Um, And at a certain point, I think I just started saying absurd, (laughs) absurd, absurd in all caps over and over again. great. I appreciate being told who the other person on that group chat is because I didn't have... Latoya's phone number. So yeah. <laughs> now you do. Yeah, now you can bother me all you want. Um, I'm not going to do that. But you're allowed. You're allowed. I do between that group text and the group text I have with the Caldwells. Um, my phone is pretty much comprised of why the hell aren't the characters on Lucifer acting like human beings anymore? Um, so I'm glad we're doing these together, as Kate says. Uh, and I'm also really glad that Dan exists, uh, a phrase <laughs> that I was not prepared to be uttering so frequently this season. But holy cow, 
am I grateful for Kevin Alejandro at the moment? Because I'm not sure I would have made it through those episodes without Dan, Mm -hmm. who is just, he's too, he's too good. He's too good. Both the performance and like mercifully the character, one person who's actually acting like a human being. Uh, It is basically that and like a Linda scene or two were basically the only things that I liked about these episodes. And I cannot believe that they robbed us of Trixie's opinion about her mother's ridiculous bachelorette party. I think it was all there in like Scarlett Estevez's face of, this is not what my mom wants. (laughs) My mom needs booze and strippers. And I, a nine-year-old understand that about my mother. Yeah. This is a weird adult (laughs) party and there's not even any chocolate cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? Just unfair to everyone. Look, poor Lauren German looked so miserable. So like she finally reached a point where it was like, no, I can't sell any of this. <laughs> By the time she was having a conversation with the bus driver who she seemed to think was maybe the voice of God. Which I love. <laughs> She's pretty smashed. Yeah. I was yeah. like, what? What are they putting this poor woman through? And you know what? I will say this. I'm going to edge in on Noel's beat, as I do from time to time, and say that I think that Tom Welling is occasionally decent in these episodes. Because at least, and this is something that came up in our in our group text last night, it at least makes some sense that he would be doing these rash, ridiculous, emotionally stupid things. I can buy that that character would do this ridiculous, stupid thing and that he would react in a very childish, stupid way about all of it, right? I do not buy that Chloe would do any of it. Chloe is a mother. She has a child. She's not going to get, and she's like mostly pretty together. She's not going to get impulsively engaged. She's just not. It just, none of it made any sense. I cannot fathom that these two episodes exist. But you know what? I don't know, man. I mean, at least we get uh, the party bus. Right. I do and, love a party bus. And, we and get- you know what? I planned a joint bachelor party for two friends of mine who were marrying each other and are both men, hence joint bachelor party, um, last year. And we used a party bus and the party bus was the single best part of like the eight hour party that we threw. It was That's the cool. best. Yeah. And it, that party bus had the moment where Linda tries to dance up on Maze and then re- remembers, oh no, Maze hates me and stops. Yep. Yep. <laughs> a good moment. Linda making it. Oh no, I've got another thing. Are we supposed to believe that Charlotte lifted the charges on the water polo team to bring them onto the bus to dance around in their swimsuits. Did Lucifer make a, did Lucifer really make that joke? Is it the joke that I think it is? Yes. I wrote in my review. I I was like, uh, so they brought up a water polo team. I'm like, this can't be good. And then when that happened, I'm like, I guess it was just vandalism maybe because otherwise, holy shit. I mean, it can't just be vandalism, right? It can't be. It, I, I, it has to be to for, for, for sanity purposes. I couldn't. It has to be like a stupid prank. Like they TP'd something. They because stole otherwise, a mascot. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I just, I just want to hope it was something like that because because I, th- I think cause the water polo thing because the joke is supposed to be how ripped they are later, mm-hmm. but when you say like the water polo thing, you're not thinking like anything fun is the crime that was done. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. As we were watching, my partner said, I'm paraphrasing him, but he said something like, "Did any women read this script?" Uh, because it sure, and I didn't check who wrote this one, but that is what it felt like. It felt like no one gave any of the female characters except for, for like 30 seconds, Linda, um, any emotional intelligence at all. None of them behaved like human beings. I can under, I, I will say Ella's intention in, in um, all hands on Decker is very straightforward and comprehensible. It's just that she's not actually behaving like a human being the rest of the time. So, like, I want to throw a bachelorette party and it is tanking. Very clear and understandable story. It's just that the rest of the time she's just a collection of quirks meant to help us decide how we feel about things emotionally. It doesn't make any sense. But Linda dancing on Maze and then remembering that Maze hates her, one. Two, Linda being wasted, making out with the water polo guy who we're assuming is a vandal of some sort and not a sexual assailant um, because that is just disgusting. Uh, and then saying he smells like butterscotch and chlorine. chlorine, chlorine and butterscotch something yeah. pudding, butterscotch yeah, something. fudge. It was butterscotch fudge. Uh, that was like so specific and ridiculous. And, and Rachel Harris plays a really good drunk. So that I was good with. And then, as always, the Charlotte storyline is more comprehensible than most of the season, even though, again, it was kind of all over the place. But, uh, y'all, I just, I just can't. Which is good. Um, Anybody else? (laughs) No, I also just can't. Um, So to elucidate a little bit on the whole, um, this makes sense for Pierce. It does make sense for Pierce, I think. Um, he's been walking forever. He suddenly goes, oh, this is, it's like the Grinch and his heart breaking the little thing, the little (laughs) x-ray thing. And he's just overwhelmed with all the serotonin. And then it's like, I've got to propose. That's what happens, right? That's, it didn't happen in Moby Dick, but that's what happens. Um, (laughs) and... So it all feels really, I think it makes sense for him as a, an emotional infant um, to go, right, no, I'm in love. I think I've manipulated this woman enough into loving me. I think, I think that the, the proposal is what's supposed to happen here. And I'm going to fence some rocks and get myself a really nice rock. Um, or fence, whatever he decides to fence, as opposed to just buying a ring like a normal human being buys a ring. Um, that it all makes sense. From his perspective, I think that it all just, he's so doped up on this concept of feeling an emotion that he just goes whole hog. And I buy it. And I think that Tom Welling is actually really good in this because it gets him into a weird sort of aw shucks kind of mode that he's very good at handling um it's weird and i don't care for it um because i don't like kane at all but it's still like it operates in a mode that i think he's better that welling is better in um but it just doesn't make a lick of sense for chloe to say yes like just none like none she's a parent 
Um, like that's like the first thing of like her whole deal is in like the episode before both of these or in um, anything Pierce can do, I can do better is I don't want to introduce you to my kid yet, which is a reasonable thing to say and do as someone who has dated someone who had children. And it was like, this is going to take a little bit of time before we do this. And it's just like, yes, that is a responsible decision to make. Um, and then it's, I don't want you to meet my kid. Let's get married. And it's like, and, no. And then the next episode has him checking on Trixie at her sleepover and she decides yes. she wants to come home. And again, how long <laughs> is any of this taking place in? Like, what is the time span? Yes. And that's that's really like the core crux of a lot of this, apart from the weird abuse, the stalkery behavior, the two men who are also just completely emotional infants of... I bought you a car that is not shaped like a penis. And here's a bunch of roses in your car. Neither of these things are okay. Um, these are actively bad decisions everyone is making. Um, but it just doesn't, it just doesn't make any kind of sense. And I'm very frustrated by it. And I get that Chloe's in sort of a weird emotional space of the, the person who seems to get me that I've also been distanced from for plot purposes this season um is being an ass yeah she thinks lucifer's like emotionally pranking her and yes that's definitely well he is he is is being that is a form of like like emotional gaslighting and like it's it's not okay it's controlling abusive behavior from lucifer like you don't throw that that prom have that beautiful moment and then distance yourself like immediately after and those other things like his actions are making her think that she's like making all of this up this connection that they have Mm -hmm. and the the, you know because they it's two steps forward a thousand steps back and so yeah i mean she's been spun around a lot by him and i like the i actually like really like german's performance in those scenes with lucifer i think that that stuff actually that Works thing at the dinner really well. table in his penthouse is just gangbusters from her. It's really, really good. Yep. Yeah. But, I mean, like, okay, let's go into our alt, you know, let's, let's hop a portal to another universe. And Is it imagine, where Dan's on the wave rider? Yes. <laughs> I'm and here for this. imagine a season uh, three of Lucifer where instead of spending half the season with bullshit Cinderman stuff, they just introduced Kane. Pierce early at the, at the beginning of the season, and he ha- you can still make the reason he showed up to town being like he, he heard maybe that just being around Chloe could make me the yeah. mark. Figures out that's not the case, and just decides to hang out for a while and build. And, the, and they no ulterior motives, build a relationship, and we just watch that just be like be an actual relationship with the instigate like the extra like hijinks of oh it's Kane and all stuff. And you get to a point where they've been dating. And developing a relationship over the course of the season. And then that brings us to a point like this. That might have been interesting. That could have been, you know, like we were saying earlier, if, if some of these beats were happening, but with Dan, it would make a lot more sense. They had invested a season, especially a 26 episode season, into that. I think you, there's a way you could have gotten to this point without it being controlling, without it being abusive, with it, like getting a sense of the timing, like having an episode by episode, like five or six, he meets Trixie and that's like a big deal. And I think there's a way you could do that, but like not this way. And we've touched on a lot of the things that are 
very dumb and not good in this, but we haven't touched on several. So a few other beats. First of all, that's not how the Chloe specialness works. That's not how Lucifer's invulnerability works because he immediately started bleeding around her when they had just barely met. Yeah, it was like, so, I, I noted in my review, it was episode four, she must have been in love with him since. So, right, uh, that, that, I caught onto that too. And it's actually, yeah, I wanted to address this because uh, I, uh, I like, wrote in my notes like, uh, a major, I feel like maybe a major issue of the season is that so much of what is stated as fact by these characters is really conjecture. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Like, obviously, Lucifer and thinking the Sinner Man is the one who took his devil face and gave him his wings and is working with God. Obviously, that was just a theory and it was completely wrong. Um, Menegil is very sure that Lucifer is his test. Uh, there's been no confirmation on that, but he's very... Wait, Latoya, are you sure? I'm not sure that Amenadiel has mentioned that Lucifer is his test. <laughs> I don't remember him ever saying that seven to eight times an episode. Allison, maybe you should go back and watch these two episodes. Just so uh, never sure. again. <laughs> uh, let's see. And then you have uh, Pierce thinking that the love of Chloe is the key. Um, yeah. Which, like, okay, again, because of, like, four episodes in... <laughs> It's obviously hey, not. It's well, obviously not. But wait, wait, wait. Well, considering how quickly she fell for Pierce, uh, maybe it is. Oh my god. Well, and the notion, and it's speaking of like connecting to this. Did any women read this script? Um, and apparently, a woman did write that script. The second one. Okay. Well, the final. Well, she's cre- the credited writer anyway. The credited writer <laughs> anyway. But like, why does the show and the characters? of course, but the show insists on making this be about Chloe and not about how they feel about her. That would make more sense if, if Lucifer was starting to fall in love with her or at least have a connection, like something different with Chloe by episode four, I could kind of get on board with that, but not the other way. That's very stupid. So there, there's that part of it. Well, I, um, say I, I don't know. If, again, I don't know if the show is saying that like they're right. And like, that's not yeah. saying that that's not the right thing anyway, but these uh, dummies <laughs> believe it's the, the, Chloe's yeah. love and not their feelings for Chloe uh, because they're idiots. But yes, obviously. And, but they're spending so much time on it. And this is a thing the season, the show's done all season long because we don't have anyone who's correcting or, casting doubt on any of these things these grand proclamations finally linda linda's like no one knows what god's plan is or if there even is a plan so like maybe don't be a dummy uh she did take a while for that and again it's a part of it's the, how long the season is but they take there, there hasn't been any pushback on this all season with the cane stuff oh um cane took my uh gave me my wings back and took my devil face Oh, okay. And eventually, eventually we get, oh, no, actually I didn't. That's unrelated. Oh, then my father did it. Like there's, there's too many assumptions that the show is expecting us to get on board with at least Lucifer believing it, that they keep repeating as if it is fact in different parts of the storyline all season long, that it's really frustrating because these are very dumb assumptions and they're all tied back into these same few character beats of making everything about themselves that get tiresome and frustrating because when you're watching and Menadiel goes, oh, you're my test for like the billionth time, mm-hmm. it's hard not to just be screaming at your TV. Yeah. You're an idiot. You don't know that. Oh my God. <laughs> I do. I do wonder if they were repeating them, not because they wanted us to like get on board, but like they wanted us to question it every time they say, I, I, I know from my reviews, I, I was like questioning all of these beats, like as they were happening, like originally. Too. But it's annoying. 
It's not interesting to watch. It's not funny. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I was questioning like the, the sitter man double face stuff like immediately mm-hmm. too. So by the time it's like, well, I didn't do it. It's like, well, I figure, but like <laughs> Lucifer, yeah. obviously it took a while to figure that out. Yeah. I think there's a degree of questioning it, but I also think that there's a degree of perhaps a network note of please remind us about all this stuff every episode mm-hmm. because uh, yeah. this is a, this is a procedural and it's like, no, we're not a procedural or serialized show, but you, you're you're on Fox and you're a cop show. So you're a procedural. Please remind us about all of this. Yeah, I was reading something from around this time, like earlier this morning, uh, about how like Fox like mandated also, like they wanted it to be more procedurally, more cop stuff. And, and when they wanted to focus more on like the mytho- mythological stuff uh, uh, in the season. So again, that's mm-hmm. another thing at the show being at odds basically, with what the network wanted, and they give they tried to give the network what they wanted, and the network canceled them. Allison? I, I'm sorry, I died. <laughs> um, I, God, I don't know. I have more thoughts than I expected. First, I guess here's one thing, first of all, because time means nothing now, and I watched these two episodes and slowly felt like I was going insane the whole time, I have no idea when this actually happened. It might have been yesterday, it might have been a week ago. At what point... Did Amenadiel have the very rational response of saying, wait, Pierce is the sinner man? Um, because I felt that really <laughs> it was hard. In these, it was, was it in, in these two? Episodes. Yes. Uh, there, yeah. there we go. No There's my favorite moment yeah. of the entire season. Is at, at long last, I get at least a little clarity. And it's because Amenadiel simply cannot believe what's happening on Loose for season three either. Um, <laughs> it was like uh, we say on my Vampire Diaries podcast all the time. It's like these people need a group text yes. to update each other on what's going on. Because a lot of big things are happening in their lives and they're all finding out at different times yeah well but also nothing happened for that for that information to become like released right like like, they didn't find out any new information lucifer just said oh by the way pierce is sinner man it's like wait we didn't actually know that before now you just decided that and you have told the audience and we all assumed it because we've seen tv before but there is no actual new information that causes us to think that that is like when they left when we left the sinner man stuff it was still the protege who was who had taken over the mantle of Cinnamon. We didn't have, and nothing new happened here. There wasn't some like person who started talking about Cinnamon again. We're like, oh, actually, it's Pierce. Like, there, mm, that was another yeah. one of my also, frustrations. Also, uh, watching these episodes, I had another question about Cinnamon. I don't have answered it. I'm sorry to add it to you guys. Um, so, why did Pierce become Cinnamon? Because Cinnamon's whole thing was, uh, oh, I've been wondering favor- that since like day one. I don't when, understand why. Yeah, he did granting it. favors, uh, and. Why was he? Oh doing my that? god, I forgot about the favors thing. Ah! <laughs> oh, I'm so offended by how stupid this is. Because Ooh, sorry about the volume, one, y'all. It's one thing if it was like the protege uh doing the favors thing to draw out Lucifer when he went rogue or whatever, but like the assumption is that he was doing that in Chicago also. Yeah, right? did he come from Chicago to better spy on Lucifer? Like what? It's very dumb. We're going to get more with this in the next two. How is it possible that they thought, you know what we need? We need another girls night episode. And we wound up with this. How is it possible that they were like, we need to feed the Chloe Lucifer shippers. And we wound up with this. I mean, it does give us Leslie Ann Brandt, like in Stepford wife, uh, outfit. And I love that. The pearls. It's so good. 
I just, I can't get over it. I also love that she, she still remains calling Ella Ellen. That gives me mm-hmm. a delight every yeah. time. That is a delight. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, you know what? I think I need, I think I need a moment. Um, we have talked about how these episodes are good Dan episodes, but like acknowledge that that is true without actually discussing them. So can we talk about yeah. Dan for a minute? Can we talk about how Dan is having the only rational response to any of this? In that he is mad in the right way when Pierce breaks breaks Chloe's heart. And then <laughs> he quotes. is he is skeptical but supportive in the right way when she makes decisions for herself. He has the right attitude about his kid. He has the right attitude about Charlotte. And when Lucifer decides to do his Lucifer thing, only this time he's Chloe. And by the way, Tom Ellis looks pretty hot in his Chloe drag. Um he does exactly the right thing, which is that he plays along exactly enough. And when he showed up, and I don't even really rem- remember the case. Oh, ballerina. Right. I have issues with that, too. When he shows up at the killer's apartment, is that uh, the other that, one? The, which the, one is it? That's the other one. This is like on the dog episode. Okay, the yeah, dog, it's one. The dog when episode. He, yeah, when he shows up at the villain from this season of The Flash sort of's apartment, to do the Lucifer thing where he's sitting in the dark, it was so satisfying and good. Yes, really good. Like, really fun. Why isn't that the focus of this episode? Why isn't it Lucifer and Dan, and Dan calls Lucifer Lucinda, and they have adventures? Like, mm-hmm. that's, I would watch that. Right now, that sounds way better to me than anything else that we're getting. Boo! <laughs> Kevin Aww. Alejandro, good job. Funny and a human being all at once. We need to catch up with some of our comments. Because yeah. they have all been delightful. <laughs> They've been uh, enraged too. <laughs> scroll scrolling back a bit I here. I told you uh, I thought we broke the Caldwells. <laughs> um Poor Scotty. Marcus says, I'd say the end of anything Pierce can do, I can do better is the lowest point of the entire series. I agree with that. Latoya? I think so, yeah. Uh, Scotty says, thank <laughs> God like for it. Dan and his unstoppably <laughs> pleasant charisma. Poor Lauren German. What the fuck is her job anymore? Uh, Keenan agrees that she looks miserable. Uh, real magical Negro tropes and the bus driver, which I hadn't pinged, but I should have. So thank you, Scotty, yeah. for that. Um, and Scotty also says that, that she's not going, Chloe's not going to fall for the frightening, controlling bullshit from her coworker and boss. Uh, Keenan has literal anxiety nightmares about getting married in a similar manner to every single part of this episode. Um, it was very gross, and let's hope that the the team was vandalism or drunk and disorderly or something. Scotty says thank you, Tom, to your comment earlier, uh, Allison. Um, oh, Keenan says Ella is a nonsense person. Um, and she's there to tell the audience that there's chemistry when there is not. I mean, yeah, that's the one thing I cannot uh, find a way to def- like try to defend. Uh, yeah, I talk uh, talking of the chemistry with Pierce and uh, Chloe. yeah, yeah. Scotty says no one who has even slightly had a bad romantic encounter with a man checked this script. The ag- aggressive gift give- giving and controlling. Uh, I know you didn't want to see me, but I can see you anyway. Thing is terrifying. Keenan says when I saw the rose in the car, I was like, arrest this man immediately. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's just it, yeah, it's. it's Ugh, I hate this from Scotty. <laughs> um, and Marcus agrees no one tells him to deal anything ever, which, yeah, that's about right. The other thing we haven't talked about yet, uh, in the like the things that are angering me in these episodes, is that we've got, we get both things with the Pierce and Chloe wedding planning of Pierce dictating what everything is going to be. And then mm. saying, this is so much work. Honey, you need to take time off so that you can plan the wedding. I will say the visual of 
Chloe trying to plan her wedding on a murder board was pretty funny. Like that was a, that was a solid gag, but yeah, incredibly gross. Like I noticed you have a ton of vacation. Why don't you use that for the wedding that you're clearly telling me you want to postpone because you're already having regrets because some part of you is still a human being and not a plot device. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I do like, I doesn't make everything worthwhile. Of course not. But I do really like uh, when they're at the bachelorette party going, where is all the booze? What is happening? That stuff I think is really fun. And they do like a little Scooby stack of them like looking around the counter. And it's just like, I I, I appreciate good height jokes because they're all like slightly different heights (laughs) that they can pull that off really easy. And it's just like, this is Having to do any real hunching over at all. Yeah. I actually really appreciate how excited Chloe Clear was for a Maze bachelorette party. Mm -hmm. You know, a real Maze bachelorette party would be amazing. Well, yeah. and then also like May, like where where is Maze at right now? Because it's this what we see in these episodes is very conflicting. Because the stuff when she's talking with Chloe at the apartment that seems legit, and when she's talking like certainly the scene with with the moment with Trixie feels very genuine. Mm-hmm. But at the exact same time, she knows what the plan. She's perfectly fine with the plan to devastate Chloe. So that tells me I shouldn't trust anything that she's saying because it's all a front. And mm-hmm. if you want show, if you want me to be on board in any way with anything Maze is doing, part of the plan can't be we're going to devastate Chloe and by extension Trixie. That's, that's not going to work. I, I will say, like the scene with Chloe is definitely one hundred percent like her plan but then like she sees Trixie and that's when she has like the one moment of like fuck uh but because the whole thing is that you know not humans like let's just let's stop pretending I'm human so I can just go back to hell and everything but like there's that one moment you know where Mm -hmm. it pierces her demonic armor uh and also (laughs) pierces fake tattoo so fake like I thought I thought it was a giant blister I was so confused. It's like it's like he sprinkled paprika all over a wet spaghetti noodle and slapped it on his arm and called it a temporary oh. tattoo. Also, at what point did Pierce have a conversation with Ella where he was like, apropos of nothing, I got a great lead on fake tattoos for you. Mm-hmm. No, it's not going to the dollar store and buying tattoos that say like Number one, and let's party. No, there's an artist you should see to get your matching temporary tattoos. Maybe she asked him where his real tattoo is, like his military tattoo, and he's like, "Uh, it was fake. (laughs) Or something. I I got it. Stolen valor. I got it lasered off, but then I replaced it with this spaghetti noodle. You should really (laughs) see my guy. (laughs) Yeah. So these episodes are bad. Even though they have some fun things. Um, yeah, they have, I, I love the sight gag of Andre's glass repair uh, van. Yes. Uh, after Lucifer destroys his window. And then later Charlotte destroys his window. Mm-hmm. Um, I, do, how do we feel about Charlotte? Anything for God? Let's get me into heaven. Uh, I, I think I said in my original reviews, uh, like, maybe I should probably tell Charlotte that's also not a good tactic to only be doing things to just try to get into heaven. Once, if you if you're doing it for the points, it doesn't get you points. This is true. It's known. Um, okay. Well, we've been going for a while, so we need to wrap this up. Uh, I, Allison, I would like to I'd like you to cast your memory back to when we were talking in early season two, and you said, "Can't Chloe get a love interest who isn't Lucifer 
or a bad cop. And Latoya and I lost our goddamn minds. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is why. You did this, Allison. <laughs> we knew we were heading here. But he um, is a bad cop. He was a serial killer. I know. What I'm saying or is, was like, he? we were laughing because, oh, it's going to get so much worse. Uh, well, well, I'm sorry that I retroactively brought this into existence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, uh, I don't even know. See, I've got, like, I've got so many complaints, and they're all so minor compared to the big complaint that what can I even do? Like, um bloody do- bloody dog prints wouldn't look like that that's not it it was like a like an art project doesn't make it any sense at all or how the about the expert of bloody paw prints over I here i am well i i mean i've seen paw prints before <laughs> what's nancy be getting into like most humans <laughs> then uh they choose they do the ballet thing uh and they show us improbably the prima ballerina practicing alone in an auditorium with the lights on and a score so she runs up to the sound booth turns on the lights and cues things up and then runs Mm -hmm. back down and is practicing by herself in totally dark theater this is not how this works but uh fine whatever i i would say uh both of these caesars are very bones-esque uh both of them especially especially the dog one that's very bones-esque uh also i didn't mention this last episode but i figured i can um mention this one in my reviews i uh there are some similarities to both for the first episode yes the first episode is ballet and then uh the yesterday's episode uh angel episodes so the first one angel san Bernardino, that's like some i can never say it somnambulist (laughs) Mm-hmm. From season one of Angel. Yep. And then uh, this one is uh, obviously Waiting in the Wings from season three of Angel, right down to the ballet being Giselle. And the story is kind of like similar as well. Well, and that's a thing that I wanted to touch on because they chose Giselle, which is about a woman who falls in love with a guy who's hiding his true identity. And her previous love interest is trying to clue her in that he's a fake and she doesn't believe him. That is the premise of Giselle. And then they don't use it. Yep. It's there for the knowledgeable audience. But. but it's, a very, it's a very stealth look how smart we are. And <laughs> doggy footprints. This is me hitting my head on my microphone. I mean, here's the good news, Allison. With the end of the second episode, now, I, and I think Kate will be happy too, now we don't have to pretend the show wants us to like Pierce if we are believing Sweet. that's a possibility. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. Let, just let Tom Welling play Dust in the Wind again. Come on. Give him like... I mean, he wanted to murder a cat. I <laughs> <laughs> Get rid of the cat is a great one. It really is. Uh, but give him like Hotel California or like, where do broken hearts go? Like, just let him play sad guitar rock in his office some more and then do dastardly things. And I will be relatively on board. At this point, mm-hmm. I could... I could deal with that. Allison, Allison, Kane's whole existence is Hotel California when you stop and think about it. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. That's why I'm here, folks. Have the veal, tip your, tip your servers. I'm here all week. 
Uh, Keenan says, listen, I've seen Giselle a bunch and written about it a bunch and done blog posts inspired by it, and I never once thought the show picked it for any reason other than aesthetics. It's much easier to fake film uh, Giselle than it is, like, Sleeping Beauty or one of Belle Sheen's trademark ballets. Yeah, yeah. There's that. Um, it's also one of the few, like, people know the name Giselle more than they know the specifics of of it uh, compared to like a Swan Lake kind of a thing where, or, or like the Nutcracker or something where there are like, there, there are dances that are, I mean, maybe this is just me as a violinist, but like they're like the dance of the sugar plum fairy or like some of these, everybody knows what that looks like. And so there's less room, I think um, for them to play around than with Giselle, which is a hugely famous ballet, but doesn't get like thrown into commercials for like every holiday season kind of a thing the way that some of the other ones do. Can you imagine but, yeah. if this if these episodes were exactly the same but they were set around Christmas and it had been the Nutcracker instead? Can you imagine if the party bus had been both a bachelorette party and Christmas and instead of a water polo team it was like sexy Santas? <laughs> I would have been 10% more entertained, which means I would have been only negative 20% entertained. <laughs> Yay! Um, <laughs> I think that for me, the biggest problem with the show spending so much energy on maybe we maybe we understand Pierce is that it is the like they've real. I will just put this down the memory hole, but they they really have harmed Chloe as a character because they put Chloe the first Ella they completely sacrificed Ella, but then they put Chloe in the position of of defending. He's a good man, like over and over in these recent episodes without showing any reason why we should and we, that. We, we know he's not a good man and we know he's not so that just makes us oh chloe's a terrible judge of character oh we shouldn't trust anything that she is experiencing because obviously she can't like judge people in any meaningful way which is the opposite of how she's always been shown to be you know so it's oh god damn it. um okay final thoughts from anyone in the chat or anyone in the room <laughs> Um, I really like Dan and his cop face getting thrown into that bar and him trying to be like, hello, fellow criminals. <laughs> just like, oh, you sweet, sweet cop face. And then I was waiting like, for the money, accent. money, money. Yeah, I have, look, look, I've got a billfold. Go get it. Yeah, it was, it was at least nice that Lucifer, while he took his gun and badge, he did give him his money. Like, he exchanged it because they're yeah. like, well, I'm Chloe, you're Lucifer, so. That, that quick cut outside was really funny. Yeah. I also like the idea that, that Lucifer would be like, well, this is about the time that Decker would come running in because I would have screwed up by now. So, yeah. let's go! And then Dan is perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, Dan was doing well. Yeah. He was! He, Dan, you know what? Pierce can shove it. Dan was a good cop. He was a good <laughs> cop in this episode. I mean, also, granted, he killed a guy that one time, <laughs> but it was a good cop. We've also glazed over Charlotte attempting to seduce Pierce on a motorcycle. <laughs> oh, yes, because Trisha Helfer's a motorcycle girl. <gasps> and yeah. I'm just like, this is, this is so weird. And I love okay. it. I mean, she was dressed for the occasion. Yeah. We can agree that Trisha Helfer riding a motorcycle much hotter than Chloe and Pierce riding a motorcycle. Oh, yes. yes. No, absolutely. Yes. Obviously. Like, there's not an argument there. You don't even need the sack of potatoes to make it sexy. Oh, <laughs> Keenan makes a great point. We've also glossed over Charlotte's Hell being a three-star hotel because it's what she deserves. Big Tahani energy. This is an excellent point. That was a very, very funny line. And the look on Amenadiel's face. I think D.B. Woodside is like, 
every time that he gets to have a nonverbal response to something, he's like, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. I don't have to say my test or my father or dad <laughs> or Lucy. I can just act. Well, no, I think he likes to say Lucy. I do. Yeah, no, he, he likes to find different variations on that. And I, I really enjoy <laughs> okay. that. Fair. Okay, so on Monday, we're going to do two episodes as well. We're going to do the last two episodes of the season Ooh. arc. Yeah. Albeit not the season. And those episodes are uh, Quintessentials, Decker Star, and A Devil of My Word. Um, so, uh, and these, are, Marcus points out, these are the last two before it got canceled on Fox. And then it came back just like randomly later for the next, the last two episodes. Um, okay, things we want to have happen or we hope happen in these last two that are going to wrap up all the arc stuff. Yeah, and obviously we can't say anything, Kate. Yeah, we're not going to say anything. But I mean, so two things that I'm kind of like worried about because I uh-huh. don't know what season four looks like mm-hmm. at all. Like I have no conception of it. I don't know what it's about anything. Um, one, I assume that Pierce dies because that's where this is going. And I, I know for a fact that Tom Willing's not on season four. But I'm very worried about Charlotte, everyone. I'm very, very worried about Charlotte. Yes. And I don't know Trisha Helfer's on season four. I'm worried that she's not. And I'm worried that something very bad happens to her when this season wraps up. And I'm, and I don't know if I can take it. Um, and I'm, I'm sure I'm speaking for Allison as well. <laughs> um, so I'm worried. I'm trying not to make eye contact with my screen so I don't see Latoya's knowing face. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's where I am with this is like, I want Kane to die, but I, I'm very worried about Charlotte. And I don't want Charlotte to die. Because I kind of enjoyed her just ridiculous stakeout with Amenadiel. Uh, mm. <laughs> so that's where I am. Um, but also more Trixie content because she's an excellent judge of character and she knows Pierce's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, she must have inherited that from Dan. Yeah. I mean, she left her sleepover with Pierce, so maybe she's yeah. not a good judge of character either. Well, sleepovers when you're a kid are like 50-50 either great or just garbage. I cannot tell you how many times I wish I could have bailed on a sleepover. I mean, they're still like that as an adult too. Like it can it can be 50-50. You got you just got it. Sometimes you got to be like none not all the popcorn in the world is worth this. I am certain that in 2 hours one of you is going to put my hand in a bowl of warm water. I'm out. <laughs> Um, I'm definitely going to have a penis drawn on my forehead. It's time to go. Um, so I can't blame her for taking advantage of the ride. Although I hope that he drove a car. Well, it was just like next door. Yeah, I think it's like, yeah, it's next door. Okay. They did specify that it was close by. Good. As long as Trixie wasn't on the back of that motorcycle. Yeah. (laughs) Just flailing behind him (laughs) like a windsock. Well, now I want to see that actually. Um, oh, you know what? I did actually also like Amenadiel just messing with with Kane. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed that scene too. Like how everything might be the last one. Like Although motorcycle it, ride. Then it led him to rushing even further with the, the, the marriage thing. But luckily, Chloe shut that down. <laughs> it was a bad tactic, but but it was entertaining to watch. I it agree. started well. And then like he like he's like every kiss. And I think that's the point where like that turn pierced around and be like, gotta get to this now. Yeah. Like, come on. Man, I gotta get all them kisses. You're doing so well. I get the kisses. I, like Noel, am very worried about Charlotte. I assume that Charlotte is toast. There's the... Helfer is doing a really good job of, like, playing her as someone who has a better grip on her 
reality and a much less solid grip on life in general. Like it's some, like she's spiraling in a completely different way, which is fascinating to watch. And she's doing such a good job, but the recklessness that's been sort of slowly growing through these episodes is pretty disturbing. Um, and of course I'm including the three star hotel in that. What a choice. Um, yeah, so I, if I was going to make a prediction, I would assume, like Noel, I assume that Kane is going to die, uh, which, you know, will probably be the best part of the season. And then um, I also assume that that Charlotte is going to shuffle off her mortal coil again, uh, which is going to suck. Okay, so yeah, there we go. That's us. All right. Well, we will talk Yay. about it on Monday. So thank you, Latoya, for joining us again. And thank you to Keenan and Scotty and Marcus for hanging out in the chat. And yeah, take the weekend off, guys. <laughs> Cleanse a little. <laughs> and then, then we'll talk. I did really like the finale. So I was like, you know, there's, there's good stuff coming. Anyways, more on that next week. Bye. 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 Bye.